Jessica Libor, and I am an artist, educator, and curator. If you're an artist who wants to create an amazing and fulfilling career in life, this podcast is for you. I'll be sharing inspiration that has worked for me and art world insights and tips. My goal for this podcast is to help you feel in control of your art career and empowered to be the best artist that you can be. Hello, hello, my beautiful artist friends. I hope you're doing really well and that your 2021 is off to a wonderful start. Um, mine is off to a great start, actually. Um, it's, been, it's been good. I've, I've been setting some goals and thinking ahead for what I'm going to be doing with my art this year in the immediate months ahead and also this year and also in general. And um, I'm going to do another podcast episode on setting your goals for 2021 and kind of like having a phrase for your 2021, which I think is going to be really cool. Um, Mine is luminous reinvention, which I think is so inspiring to me personally. And I will talk about that more in another podcast. But for this podcast, um, I really wanted to talk about getting organized for 2021. And this is something that all of us could probably use a little bit of help on because, you know, artists aren't known to be the most organized people in the whole world, right? <laughs> I mean, I remember being in art school and peeking my head into different artists' um, studios and some of them were were um, pretty organized, but the vast majority of them uh, were kind of like, you know, things were in a certain way for them, but when the average person walked in, it, it kind of looked like a mess, like stuff was all over the floor. And, um, but out of this, you know, crazy mess, then they would create this like beautiful piece of artwork. And it's like out of this chaos was birthed this amazing thing. But um, if you are going to be doing art for the long haul, um, I do think that organization is something that you should be looking into because it's going to help you so much in the long run. It's going to save you time. It's going to save you energy. It's going to protect your artwork that you have spent so long and, and you know, poured your heart into. It's going to help you with your art sales. It's going to help you with your marketing to let you know what's working and what's not. It's going to help you track your collectors. Um, it's going to help you form relationships with your collectors. And it's just it's just so good all around. And um, since I started implementing a lot of these suggestions that I'm going to be talking about, um, it's just been so, so much easier for me. Like, I'll get into specific examples, but... Basically, there's a couple of different sectors that we have that would be good to get organized in as an artist. And the first one is your actual physical art that you create. And then your second one is your digital files and inventory. And then your third is your collectors and your records. And then your, there's also your revenue and expenses. And lastly, there's your marketing. And that could be you know, this doesn't have to have like a marketing budget, but this could just be like your Instagram account or your mailing list, you know, so getting organized with that. So I'm going to, I'm going to cover a couple of different 
um, suggestions for each one of these sectors that I think would be really, really helpful for you guys. And by the way, I'm not sponsored by any of these companies. I just have found a couple of different products really helpful for me personally, so I'm going to be mentioning those, but I'm not sponsored by any of these companies. They don't know who I am, so just want to get that out of the way. Okay, so for physical art, um, depending on the kind of art that you make, if you make artwork on paper or if you make like large scale artwork that's like on canvases or on board, you know, there's different ways to store your artwork. For me, for my small sketches, um, first of all, if you just have sketchbooks, you can just label those sketchbooks the year that that sketchbook is from, and then you can just keep them in, um, you can just keep them on a bookshelf if you'd like, or you can store them, um, put them in like a plastic container, like one of those plastic bins, and you can just keep them with their spines facing up, um, and so you'll be able to have that. So that's an easy way to store your sketchbooks. Now, if you have, um, you know, loose leaf paper that you do artwork on, for instance, like I do these pastel pieces and they are on like 18 by 24 inch pieces of paper and you can't really, you know, you have to find a way to properly store those. And for me, I've, I um, have found that portfolio will, portfolio books, uh, excuse me, <laughs> work very well. Um, portfolio books are relatively inexpensive, so you can find them online. Most art supply places sell them. I believe you can get them at Michael's, you can get them at um, Dick Blick, you can get them Jerry's Artorama, you can get them off of Amazon, which is where I've been getting mine. Um, so they're, they're black portfolio books with plastic pages and they come in all different sizes. So you can get like one portfolio book for eight and a half by 11 pieces, another one for like 18 by 24 inch pieces. They have them in all different sizes, which is super helpful. And then there's an acid-free black sheet of paper that's inside each um, plastic page. And so you're able to put two artworks outward facing each other um, within each plastic sleeve and they're protected by a acid-free piece of paper in between them. So um, that has been really, really a game changer for me as far as storing my loose leaf um, artworks, because before that I was just putting them all in kind of like a, it was a portfolio book, but it was a, it wasn't an individually protected portfolio book. It was just one of those like huge envelopes that you can get at like Michael's and you would basically just stack everything um, within that envelope. But the problem with that is artwork can get messed up because they can rub up against each other. They're not protected by plastic or any pieces of paper in between them. So I have ruined a lot of artwork that way in my earlier years when I didn't know really how to protect my work or I didn't feel it was important. But it's very important because if you're going to spend even like a couple hours on a piece, then it deserves to be protected, I believe. So um, definitely invest in some portfolio books if you have, you know, these um, works on paper, because it'll definitely protect that. And again, you can get that on Amazon or basically any um, art supply store. And there's all different kinds of brands that make these. So just get whatever one feels right for you, but they all do the same thing. And then you can label the spine of the portfolio book 
with the year um, or the years spanned. So like if you have a series of artworks that you're putting into that portfolio book and you know, it starts in 2017 and you're still not finished with it, or you finish it in 2021, then you can write on the spine of the book, you know, 2017 to 2021 um, drawings. And you can put that um, in your storage room or wherever you store your art. And that will be a beautiful thing for you to be able to just easily find that. And they're all protected sitting there right there for you. Um, in acid-free protection um, with, you know, the hard covers on either side. And it's just a lot of peace of mind. So that's what I recommend for your works on paper. Now, some people also use flat lays. Now, flat lays are basically like huge sets of drawers that you can, um, that are super, super flat. So imagine like a chest of drawers that you put your clothing in, except the drawers are only like three inches tall each, but they're like super long and wide. So when you open it out, then you can like place all of your artwork inside that are works on paper stacked on top of each other. So a lot of people use that. Um, I would love to get those, but I do not have space right now to get those. And also they're quite an investment. So you really have to be sure you want to be lugging those things around for a while. And they're also like hundreds of pounds. <laughs> so you really have to be sure that that's what you want to bring into your life. Um, for me, the portfolio books have been working great. Um, so that's what I recommend. But I do think that flat lays are a great option if you have the space and that's what you're drawn to. And if you would like to check out different flat lays, um, they're definitely available new online. You can just Google it. Lots of different companies sell them. Um, but if you're looking for something cheaper, you can go on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist. I see them listed all the time. Um, so if you are interested in that, you can just check out Flat Lays um, on Facebook Marketplace or you know any of those other sites like OfferUp. Um, see what they have available there. Okay, so and now let's talk about pieces pieces that are like canvas or panel pieces that are not on paper that are a little bit more substantial so first of all um, it's not good to stack your works like this on top of each other or to even lean them sideways on each other and I see a lot of artists doing this just because it's it gives it gives you way more space um, if you don't have like a setup to properly take care of them um, but it can cause a lot of problems with the artwork. So like, especially with canvas pieces, if you lean them against each other, they can um, basically misshape them and like poke different, they just poke them outwards or inwards um, so that it becomes a little bit misshapen. And you want your art to be pristine, especially again, if you're, you know, spending all this time on it. So, um, be really careful that you're not leaning your artwork up against each other without at least like some cardboard in between it um, so that you'll really protect it. But if you would like to really take care of your work, I want to share with you what I do to take care of mine that are canvas or panel. So for my canvas or panel pieces, I've typically spend a lot of time on those. Um, I spend much more time on my oil paintings than I do on my ink, ink on paper or 
um, pastel on paper. So I really want to protect them because um, they sell for a lot more as well. So basically what I do is I've gotten some shelving units and I found some really nice and affordable options at this shop on Etsy called I Sign Creations. And that's I, the letter I, sign, like S-I-G-N, and then creations, I Sign Creations on Etsy. And um, they just, they have very affordable, um, basically stacking systems that you can buy um, for your floor or wherever you're, you know, wherever you're um, storing your artwork. So check that out. And um, that's what I like to use to organize my pieces. Um, and, but there's actually, there's actually a whole nother thing that I do before I put them in to the shelving unit. So when you package oils or acrylics to store them, you always want to protect them because they are your precious babies and they are your livelihood. So I like to wrap them in glassine paper once they're dry, which is kind of like a wax paper, but it's, um, it's more specialized for artists. So you can look up glassine paper and yeah, I mean, everybody sells it. So I just got mine off of Amazon, a huge roll of it. So I basically wrap the artwork in that um, so it doesn't stick to the paint. And if something is framed, I'll just wrap the whole thing in it, including the frame, um, because frames need to be protected too. You want them to stay really beautiful. So, and then I use acid-free gentle art tape to secure the glassine paper. And then I wrap the artwork in bubble wrap. And then I place it in a thin cardboard box. Or if you don't have a specialty, you know, a box that's like the right size, you can, um, you know, you can just get pieces of cardboard and construct your own box so that it's, it's really protected um, around the whole thing. And then I slip it into the shelving unit facing upright. Then I label that cardboard box with the piece's name, the year, and the inventory number. So I typically number my work starting with the year and the number of the artwork is created within that year. So for instance, for 2021, um, I started my very first artwork that year with the inventory number 202011. So that's 2021 because it was the first piece of that year. And then the second artwork made this year will be 2021 two. And then it just like goes on from there. And I like to write the pieces inventory number on the back of the piece um, so that I'm able to look up on my computer just based on the inventory number. Um, so yeah, you could try something like that. And then when you're storing your pieces, no matter what kind of artwork you have, you should also try to store your artwork somewhere where it's dry and relatively temperature controlled. So if you are storing your art in, for instance, a storage facility um, outside of your home, which I know a lot of artists actually do, especially if you work large, um, make sure that it's temperature controlled. So you don't want it getting too hot or too cold because um, the paint can freeze and crack if it's too cold, like freezing all the time. And if it's too hot, um, it can like melt or bubble and cause other problems. So um, just be sure that it's temperature controlled if it's outside your house. And if it's within your house, it's a really good idea to store it somewhere within the main part of the house, so not the attic or the basement. 
just imagine if you got a leak like in your attic and then it just like got all over your artwork or I mean if it's in the basement imagine if you got a leak in the basement and then like your basement flooded um that would be like devastating if all your artwork was like laying around on the floor there it would be like terrible but if you must store it in the basement like if you do not have room anywhere else um make sure to get your artwork at least several inches off the floor so you can use like um like plastic risers anything or like a plastic um what's it called like a plastic uh, uh shelving unit anything basically anything that gets your um, artwork off of the basement floor so that if your water floods if water floods your basement your artwork is safe um, but even so the basement is not the best place to store your art because um, it's below ground so it's naturally going to just have more moisture in the air and artwork lasts longer if there's not a whole lot of moisture in the air so um, now that we've talked about that um, we've covered storing your physical art let's talk about your digital files okay so your digital files are all your records of your artwork so I store my photos of my art in a couple different places so I store them in a file on my computer on my laptop and then I also store them on my hard drive so you know every once in a while I just you know copy that whole folder onto my hard drive external hard drive um, and what I do with my hard drive is actually I, I typically don't take my hard drive anywhere with me so I leave my hard drive at home because it has basically a copy of all my important files on it um, all my digital files that are records of my artwork and so let's say that I take my um, my laptop to a coffee shop and I destroy it by like spilling coffee all over it. Um, or let's say, you know, I'm somewhere and my laptop gets stolen. If I have my um, external hard drive at home, then I have a complete copy of my entire everything that my computer holds back at home. Um, so I typically don't take my external hard drive anywhere. So that's just kind of like an extra layer of safety backup. Because think about it. Your artwork is like your life's work. Like you've been working on this for years and years and years. So it's worth it to, you know, keep a record of it and keep those files really safe. And an external hard drive is around $100 depending on, you know, what you want to get. There's all different kinds, but they're very easy to use. You just plug them into your computer and you can um, upload your, basically back up your entire computer's files. Um, so that you have everything available should something happen to your laptop. So I think that's a really good idea. It makes me feel much more secure, but that's not all. <laughs> so I also store it on um, Lightroom. So I started using Lightroom and um, I started using it this year and I was like, oh my goodness, this is like the organizational um, hack that I've been like searching for. Lightroom is amazing. Um, so you can download it on your desktop and you can also download it on your phone. Um, and what you do is you upload any photos you want to and you can organize them based on group. So like, for instance, in my Lightroom account, I have 
a couple different files right now. So one file is 2021 art. So I upload anything I do in 2021 to, you know, that folder. Um, another one is studio shots. So I upload any, you know, kind of mood pictures of me in the studio or me creating artwork that goes in the studio shots 2021. Um, and then I have, um, you know, some other things like advertising materials or, um, you know, basically, oh, um, or archival work, like work from other um, years. So like 2019, 2018 art, you can go back as far as you'd like. But for the purposes of this podcast, I'm just encouraging people to start with 2021 so you can start fresh, um, get all these systems in place so that going forward, you'll be so much more organized. And then when you have time, you know, throughout 2021, you can start adding in those like those back those back ordered um, things that you've done before. And um, you can just um, add to it slowly. But don't get overwhelmed because most of us have done tons of artwork in our lives. So it can be quite daunting to try to just like upload everything. So just start with 2021. And if something, if the mood strikes you, you can try to upload other things. But Lightroom is amazing. And um, I'll give an example of how much easier it makes my life. And it can make your life too. Um, so you can upload a batch of photos. Let's say that you take some photos of you in your studio. You have 10 photos. You really want to use them on your social media and your website. Um, and basically you can create a preset so that with one click, you can edit all the photos all at once. And there's different tutorials um, on Adobe that tell you how to do this. It's super, super easy, very intuitive. Um, I watched all the tutorials and then I was like, wow, this is amazing. And um, it's so much easier than having to edit every single one of them in Photoshop. So definitely check out Lightroom just for the organization of it as well. And the other thing I like about it is you can take pictures on your phone, drop them into the app, the Lightroom app on your phone, and then they will also appear in your desktop um, application as well. So no matter where you are, um, you know, you can basically transfer these pictures from your desktop to your iPhone very, very easily. So I am just such a big fan. I think Lightroom is amazing for artists. So check it out. Um, okay. So the other thing is I just want to encourage you to always take a really good picture of your art before you put it up for sale or send it to a gallery because if it sells or if the gallery loses it or if the post office loses it, which is becoming more of a common occurrence these days, um, you want to have a record of it. You never want to just trust it when it goes out of your hands that you'll be able to get a good picture of it later. You should always take a great picture of it before you send it out into the world. Um, now, for me, I like to take my pictures I, I like to take pictures of my work that is smaller. So if it's like smaller than 14 inches, I'll typically just take a picture of it um, with my Canon Rebel. Um, but if it is larger and I want to get a print quality work out of it, so I want to make like digital reproductions of it that are gonna mimic the original, then I will get it scanned and get a really beautiful 
very highly detailed copy of it so that the reproduction looks very faithful to the original. So, um, and there's different places that do that. It's not terribly expensive, but I would save it for those pieces that are, you know, your masterpieces. You really want to get those scanned and, um, you know, recorded. So definitely look into that because even if you don't want to make prints out of it, it's still good for archival purposes because once that artwork leaves your hands, you'll probably like never see it again. Um, so <laughs> you want to have really good images for your own promotional materials um, and if you decide to do something with it in the future. So yes, always, always document your pieces. Okay, next thing you should do, um, which I recommend, and I cannot recommend this enough. Okay, I recently discovered this inventory system, which is totally free to start. It's called Artwork Archive, um, and there's other similar inventory systems out there, but I looked into all the other ones, and Artwork Archive just seemed like it had the best features and also was the cheapest, um, which is free. So um, it starts out free, but you can only upload 50 pieces in the free version. But um, so I'm going to, I'm doing the, um, the professional version, which I believe you can upload up to 500 pieces. And it just comes with so, so much tracking information for those pieces. It's amazing. And that is, um, it's usually $13 a month, I believe. And, but it's totally worth it. I just, I'm such a fan. So um, basically what it is, it's a tracking system for all the art you've ever made. Now you can start, and I, I definitely recommend you start this year. Um, and again, like I was saying before, don't get overwhelmed and try to like upload your whole career's worth of art, but you can just do it as you can, but it's, it's a great, great habit to get in to upload things as you make them. In 2021 because what you do is you upload all the details of your art and the pictures of it all your high resolution stuff um, and then you can also put in you know how big it is what the medium is the date you created it where you're storing it right now is it at a gallery when is it due to come back from the gallery um, what is its um, inventory number and if it's sold what is the buyer's information? How can you contact the buyer? What date was it sold? How much was it sold for? You know, was there tax there? Did you have to pay a commission to a gallery? Um, basically, all of this information about this piece is able to be stored with the picture of the piece. And, um, and you can search all your pieces, like, you know, pieces made in 2021 or pieces made in 2018. You can search, like, basically any category you can search um you know it, it's it's just amazing <laughs> and you can also generate reports where you can print it out so you can print out like these beautiful reports where you see like the picture of the art and then all the information of it on one page um and so you can like create a binder like a physical binder if you'd like and it just makes things so much easier because i can't tell you how many times Somebody's reached out and been like, you know, I really love this piece of yours. I remember seeing it at an art show and I was wondering if it's still available. And I would have to like go downstairs and check if it was still available. And 
you know, at the time, a couple years ago, I wasn't very organized with my artwork. So I'd be like, I don't know if it's still available. <laughs> like, I, I would have to check through, like, all the different boxes and everything that I had with my artwork that was stored to see if that piece was still available. Now, um, that's not very time effective. It's not very, it doesn't use my time very well. And it also isn't very professional, like to get back to somebody and be like, well, I actually don't know if I sold it or not, but I can't find it. Like that's not very professional. And we all want to strive towards our highest professional, um, you know, we want to be professional artists. Part of being professional is being organized. So this is just the system that I've been searching for my whole art career. And, um, you know, from this point out, I'll know whenever I sell a piece, I'll just update the software and be like, I sold this piece. And then I'll know who bought it, when they bought it, um, where they bought it from, and how to contact that collector if something comes up. So I just think it's amazing. And then also, Artwork Archive has the functionality to look at income and expenses for your art career, which is the next category we're going to talk about. Um, so if we want to be professional artists, we have to treat it like a business, right? And if it's a hobby, then it doesn't matter as much what you spend on it because of the enjoyment you're getting out of it. But if you're truly looking at this as um, a way to support yourself, a way to support your family, then you do have to be a little bit more um, rigorous about what you're spending versus what you're making. And with Artwork Archive, I've just found that it's super, super easy to figure that out because I've tried different accounting softwares and honestly, they're just not pleasurable to use. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just love the design of Artwork Archive and you can add, you can add in sales so you know exactly what you know, which pieces have sold. And then you can add in like other revenue, like say you're teaching a class. So you add in that revenue for the month. And then you can also like add in your expenses, like studio rental, you know, $300 or whatever. Um, or I just bought some paints, um, paints for $100. So you have all of your expenses and your revenue, and it's all categorized by date and you can upload your receipts on there, and you can also generate reports based on the dates. So you can be like, okay, for the month of December, I wanna know how much I made versus how much I spent. You can generate reports like that, or just for the revenue, or just for the expenses. And I just, I've never felt like a math whiz, and after like discovering all this, I just felt like so in charge of my art career. I was like, dang. I can see every single number in black and white and I'm making money doing this and I feel like a business owner, you know? Um, I just felt very much in charge of my art career and it can also help you to make better choices with your advertising and with how you're spending your time. For instance, if you notice that you're spending a lot of money on, you know, juried art exhibitions, um, you know, artist calls, calls to artists that are all like, you know, $50 to enter your work. But, you know, those places, let's say you're not getting into many of them or you're, um, you get into them, but none of them sell your work. Um, you can be like, well, is this the best 
you know, use of my money and my time. Or let's say you are, um, you're trying out different advertising methods online. So you're trying like ads on Instagram and Pinterest and um, Facebook. And you can track like, well, um, you know, how are these doing? Did my revenue actually go up this month or did it, these, did these ads actually make a difference? And so we can help you to see what's working and what's not. And it just becomes very clear when you look at things in black and white, um, what needs to change. Um, so I definitely, definitely recommend it. And it also makes things way easier for you during tax time. And I know that taxes are kind of a scary subject for artists and I may do like a whole separate podcast about that, but, um, taxes don't need to be super scary. Um, so most artists pay sales tax quarterly. That's what I do. That's what a lot of artists do. Um, and you know, if you know exactly what you made and you know exactly what you charge people for sales tax, you can like create reports around that and, you just you can just do it with a click of a button instead of trying to go through your emails and find all the right um all you know however you collect money for your artwork um if you enter that into artwork archive it'll just make things way easier for you during tax time um and it's so intuitive and easy i am totally obsessed <laughs> So I definitely suggest checking that out. Absolutely. Um, And I know that that's not, it's not like a fun thing, but I'll tell you what's like not even, like even less fun is not knowing what pieces of art you actually have, not knowing how many pieces of artwork you actually sold during the year, not knowing the dollar amount of what you sold per month, or even like during the whole year. Um, not knowing how much you spent on your art career versus how much you made, um, it it can be very very eye opening, and I think that it's definitely something I encourage you to do. And it's part of like taking responsibility for your art career because if you want things to improve for your life um, and for your art career, then you know taking responsibility and seeing really where things are right now is the first step because then you can take steps to make it better. Okay. Um, Some other things that I like. Okay, so for social media. Now, social media and advertising. I like to use, um, you know, I have a couple of different social media accounts. I use um, Facebook, and I use Instagram, and I use Pinterest. Um, Now, for Instagram, I like to use Planoly and Later because I have a couple different accounts because I run um, Eric Contemporary, a gallery, and the Visionary Artist Salon, as well as my own art um, my own art page, Jessica Libor Studio. So um, typically I like to use either Planoly or Later. Actually, I use one for both <laughs> because if you just register one account, it's free. So I just use, you know, one service for each. So um, Planoly and Later you can put on your desktop and they also translate to apps on your phone. So similar to Lightroom, you can upload photos on there and they will appear in both the desktop and the app on your phone. So that's really helpful. But what I like about these is that you can schedule posts for like the entire week. Let's say you want to post three, 
you know, three images on Instagram. Um, you know, if you sit down for like an hour or two um, during, you know, the beginning of the week and you plan out your posts and you write them, you can schedule them to like be pushed out to Instagram on say like 10 a.m. on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, something like that. And, um, and that way you literally don't have to think about it all during the week because your posts are being pushed out and um, it just saves so much time because when you batch things like that, do every, doing everything at once, it actually saves so much mental energy because your brain doesn't have to switch tasks. Like if I sit down and I'm like, I'm going to post something on Instagram, it'll take me like a half an hour to like, you know, select the photo, um, you know, create a good caption and, you know, the hashtags and everything and upload it and push it out. But if I do that a couple different times, like sitting down on my desktop, then I'll get like a couple of posts done within an hour and it just saves so much of your time and energy and you don't have to worry about it too. So I definitely um, recommend it. Okay. And then to keep in touch with collectors, I like to use MailChimp. Um, now there's lots of email services. This is just the one I'm most familiar with because it is very, very um, flexible. MailChimp is awesome. If you don't have an email list yet, you should definitely get one because that is your gold mine. Like that is where you will make so many of your sales from collectors because your um, mailing list is where you're going to nurture all your relationships to your collectors. And that's where they're going to get to know you. That's where they're going to fall in love with you and your work. Um, that's where you can like write them letters, talk about what you're doing in your studio, send them little videos, um, invite them to special things. So, and then, you know, if you have a sale or if you have um, some special event, your mailing list is going to be the most responsive out of anything. They're so much more responsive than any social media. And I know this from not only my own experience, but also the experience of a ton of other artists talking with them. So definitely start a MailChimp mailing list. And you can start this by, um, you know, just adding like people in your close circle or people who have collected artwork. You can start out with five people on your mailing list. But what I want you to do is then put a... Um, Put either a banner or a pop-up on your website and connect that to your MailChimp account so that when people sign up, they will be registered onto your MailChimp account. And you can do this by saying something like, um, you know, join the collector's circle or join the collector's club or get invitations to special events and then have like a little sign up bar so that people will be in the know. And, um, and I'm on a couple of different artist lists and I love getting emails from artists that I love. I just love seeing what they're up to, even if it's not to like sell anything. I just love seeing inside their lives and inside their creative processes and collectors honestly feel the same. So you definitely want to start a MailChimp list. Um, and then to design graphics, I like Canva, which is also free. Um, oh, I forgot to mention MailChimp is also free. So Planoly, Later, MailChimp, Canva, these are all free services. And they do offer like, you know, upsells if you wanted to like do certain things within them, but 
to start out, you definitely don't need those things. So just get the free version. Um, so yeah, to design graphics, I like Canva. That's C-A-N-V-A. And Canva's really great for like designing um, social media posts um, or basically basically anything where you have to like combine images and words. And I use it several times a week. It's awesome. It's basically like Photoshop for dummies. Um, I like designing things, but I would prefer to like have something designed for me. So they have all these beautiful templates and you can customize them all and it's drag and drop. It's so easy. So, um, that is my recommendations. That is a ton of recommendations, but I just felt like inspired to give you guys all this information because for a while I just really struggled with how to juggle everything because as an artist we have to like be our own archivist, we have to be our own marketer, we have to create our artwork and keep our creativity high and um, you know we have many different hats and these are different things that have really helped me to stay organized and staying organized has honestly it helps me protect my creative energy so that I'm not constantly like in panic mode or totally overwhelmed. These are things that make your life easier and that streamline your life. And my goal for 2021 is to, you know, make my artwork career so streamlined that I could like hire somebody who doesn't know what the heck they're doing, has never been around art, um, and just make it so organized that they are able to come in and know exactly what to do. For instance, like go to my space that I keep all my artwork and be able to find a certain piece because everything is so clearly labeled. Um, or, you know, be able to find something in my digital files because it's so intuitive and easy. Because um, I would love to hire somebody by the end of 2021. I think that'd be really helpful. Um, but even if I don't, it honestly just saves so much energy and it is a lot of work to start it up at first to implement all these things and, you know, to upload every single piece of art that you make during the year with all of its information. But honestly, it puts you in the driver's seat of your art career and it allows you to feel like a professional and, you know, make better choices and I think that, I think that it's going to just help you succeed so much. So that is my little tip for you. Actually, it was a lot of tips, but um, I hope that this was super helpful for you guys. I'm going to put some of the links to some of the resources that I mentioned in the show notes below. Um, so I would love to hear your thoughts on this. And if you would like to, um, talk about this a little bit more, um, I would love for you to join our private Facebook group, <clears throat> uh, the Visionary Artist Salon, and I will put a link to that in the show notes as well. It's totally free. It's just a community of artists, and we all talk about, like, you know, creativity and business and everything, and we can talk about ways to get organized this month, which I think is super, super helpful, and then um, if you would like, I also have this guide for you about how to authentically sell your artwork online. And this is a multiple page PDF that I created that goes step-by-step step into how you can create authentic channels online 
to really connect with your buyers and your collectors and to nurture those relationships. So I'm going to put that link in the show notes as well. So I'm giving you a ton of resources during this episode, but um, I hope it's really helpful to you guys and I would love to hear your thoughts on it. So um, definitely, you know, share in the Facebook group what you think or find me on Instagram, Visionary Artist Salon or at Jessica Libor Studio. All right, guys, have a really wonderful week and I cannot wait to talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed listening, it would mean so much to me if you would give it a five-star rating. In fact, if you screenshot your rating and send it to me on Instagram at Visionary Artist Salon or at Jessica Libor Studio, I will give you a shout out as a thank you. I also wanted to let you know that I've created a gift for you from my heart that I'm so excited to share with you. It is a free guide called 30 Days to 3K, the definitive guide to authentically increase your art sales. In this 15-page guide, I share how I've created amazing results in selling my art online while retaining the worth of my art and feeling authentic. I'm sharing the process that has worked to get the results for me. All you have to do to get it is go to my coaching website, www.thevisionaryartistsalon.com and enter your email and it'll be delivered right to your inbox. I hope it brings you so much value and let me know how it works for you. Thanks again for listening and I will talk to you soon. Remember that you are already worthy and everything you make is an expression of your unique spirit. Now go forth and create.